Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. This is Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. In this episode, I interview Shannon Richkowski, the Director of Hygiene Mastery. Shannon and her team of coaches help dental hygiene departments maximize their potential by focusing on patient care, clinical excellence, and profitability. In the first of a series of episodes on peak performing hygiene teams, Shannon and I discuss the hygienist's role in internal marketing. Hello, Shannon. Hi, Kim. It's so great to be with you today. Yes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're real excited because there's so much that Hygiene Mastery really offers to clients across the country that I've invited Shannon to do a series, and we're really calling it the Peak Performing Hygiene Team Series, because I think you've got a lot of great information for teams that either already are or want to be peak performers, right? I do, yes. Awesome. And today's focus is going to be on the hygienist role in internal marketing. I know internal marketing is one of the wheels that really keeps the practice turning, and I think the hygiene team has such an important role in that. So anything you want to add about hygiene mastery and what you all are doing with practices across the country? Uh, Well, we are, first of all, we are having just an amazing time and so much fun connecting with, with such great professionals. The hygiene field, in my opinion, this is the most exciting time to be in dental hygiene. There's so many great things going on and, and so many great ways to serve patients and to um, help patients understand total body health and how the mouth is connected. Um, so it's just been an amazing ride and, and a great journey and um, partnering with hygienists have been absolutely phenomenal. Wonderful. And and you have actually a team of people that work with you across the country. Is that correct? Yes. Thank goodness. Because the last thing <laughs> I would want to do is something this grand on uh, by myself. I do. I have an amazing team of coaches throughout the country. And as you know, the, a team is so needed. The need is so great. Hygienists go to school and we learn such a great foundation in school. But when we get out, we're oftentimes thrown into a a setting that we that we still need more information in order to be successful in. And so by having coaches throughout the country, we're able to um, connect with our hygienist and, and be present. And um, oftentimes the, the dental offices are in our backyard, so we can even spend more time with them when, we, when we're local. Wonderful. And it, so it's locally, you go into the practices and do workshops? Yes, we do. We do a series of workshops depending on the needs of the practice. Every dental practice is is different. So our, our program is not a cookie cutter approach. It's very individualized and customized per practice based on the practice vision and the opportunities uh, that they're wanting to tap into. Some of our clients are local and many of our clients we fly to get to because as you know, there are dental offices all over the United States. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> So for this particular episode, we really wanted to focus on the hygienist role in internal marketing. So I know you have a bunch of great ideas on that that hopefully our listeners can go back and implement on Monday morning. So let's just dive right in. What are some of the the areas that a hygienist can make an impact as far as internal marketing goes? 
Well, I believe the hygienist can play a great role uh, with internal marketing. First and foremost, we oftentimes are the ones that are spending the most time with patients. They come into our uh, operatories and our department and our appointments more often throughout the year than anywhere else in the practice. Um, but in my opinion, the main role is the beauty of being able to partner with the doctor in growing the business and becoming an asset to the practice. And, you know, there's just no greater accomplishment than building a strong relationship with another person and a level of trust that would have that other person recommend their family and friends for you to help take care of. Uh, it, it's extremely rewarding. And, you know, on another level, Asking for referrals is really about um, showing them how much you appreciate them and, um, and, and thanking them for trusting you to take care of their family and friends. Absolutely. So asking for referrals would be sort of like the first, the first area. Well, you know, um, actually, I used to think that. But now that I've been working very closely with this topic and coaching hygienists on a regular basis, I actually recommend that we back up a step first because one of the things, and I have a very personal experience on this, one of the things that I think you have to do before you go out there and start asking is to actually examine your belief around internal marketing. Because as you know, you can have a great script and you can do what somebody tells you to do, but how sincere you are in it truly does come out and speak volumes. And so, you know, I can remember years ago when our office decided to put in an internal marketing program. And to be quite honest with you, I followed the steps. I said what I was supposed to say, but I hadn't really bought into the idea. In fact, I was not good at it at all. And I, I very strongly resisted it as a hygienist. Um, so, you know, my, my personality, I want to be great at everything I do. So I thank goodness I had a coach in my life who I could go to and confide and tell her, you know, look, I'm doing this, but I know I'm not great at it. What do you think's holding me back? And one of the, one of the things that she had me do was evaluate why I was so uncomfortable with uh, asking for referrals. And she helped me uncover a story that I realized I was telling myself. And because of that story, I wasn't getting very good results. And really, before I would ask for a referral, in my mind, I was telling myself that I was having to beg for patience. Mm -hmm. And that by asking for a referral, it just made me uncomfortable because it made me think that I was begging for business. And my biggest mistake was I was making it about me because I, in my head, I was thinking, what is the patient going to think of me when I ask this? So, uh, you know, really going in and diving in at, uh, what does it mean to ask for a referral? Why are you asking for a referral? Uh, in my in my story, in my example, I had a coach that helped me replace that belief with a more empowering one. And um, I mean, today I'm massively successful at asking for referrals and having patients come in and, and uh, want to see me. And really all I did was take that old story and throw it away and replaced it with you know, I'm asking for a referral because our, our office rocks. Mm -hmm, We're amazing. Right. And, and everyone deserves opportunity for extraordinary care. And the best way that I could thank or honor my patients was to provide them with certainty that when they send a family and friend to our practice, we're going to take the very best care of them. Right. Absolutely. So it looks like you had a limiting belief and you replaced that with a more empowering belief. I did. Mm -hmm. I did because I was really operating from, even though I was saying the script, my body language, my tone, something was 
something was showing that I was not very sincere in my request. And, and that story was being told over and over in my head. I was thinking to myself, what are they going to think of me? And why am I having to beg for patience versus I have this gift. I mean, our practice has this gift. And every time we share it, every time we have a new patient come in that sees us, I know they leave with extraordinary patient care. And once I started coming from there, it just, it made sense. Of course, why wouldn't I ask for referrals? I want all patients to receive this. Beautiful. Love it. And so what are you, when you go around the country into all these dental practices, are you seeing a similar theme where the hygienists do have limiting beliefs around asking for referrals? I do. I do. And it's, it's not always the same as my limiting belief there, 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 I've seen many, many beliefs. I've seen some that, you know, I'm not a marketing person. I don't know how to do this. Um, I've seen, you know, that they just don't have great script or they just don't even know where to start. Um, and the thing is, is that we do oftentimes in especially peak performing practices and modern day successful dental offices, the hygienist role is so much grander than being a mouth maid. <laughs> or simply no, cleaning teeth. Right. I know uh-huh. such a great term um, because, but hygiene school prepares and preps us to be able to provide a beautiful clinical service to patients. But we don't learn all these other ways of being or, or strategies on how to be successful in our clinical uh, practice. And so most of them, they just don't know what they don't know. And once, once we give them some information and show them the, the beauty and uh, the gift that, that you have to offer patients when you participate in internal marketing and then the value of becoming such an asset for the practice. I mean, when you're able to partner with that doctor and that doctor looks at you like, wow, you're a great asset here. Well, obviously as a professional, you know what that can do for you within the practice. Sure. And I know when we teach belief systems, when we're creating a new empowering belief, we've really got to create those references that support that new belief system. Don't we? Yes, yes, you do. And so, you know, in the beginning, uh, it for me, it really was about, okay, so I put that big red X on that old story, and I have this beautiful new story that's written, and it looks really great. But I had to use it, and I had to keep telling it to myself. And, you know, you would say it, and then uh, for references, for me, it was how the patients would respond. Because right. they, they would look at me and say, oh my gosh, yeah, of course, I'd love, I would love for all my family to come here. So then that would be a positive reference. And then I would have somebody refer. And then that would be another positive reference. And so you start to build on that and it it becomes very easy. Now, do you find that the doctors have the same limiting beliefs? Are you having to coach them or is it mostly the hygienists? No, I think it's everybody. I think we're all, we're all human, regardless of what professional title we carry. And it's, it's very, it's very human to, um, internal marketing is not, is, I mean, some people are better at it than others naturally, especially your, you know, your people who are very, very social and very outgoing Mm -hmm, and they they connect very easy, but not everybody has that. And so for many people, it requires practice and a commitment and, um, and looking closer at what they're making it mean when they do ask for a referral. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. So, now that we've take, taken a look at our belief systems and really the core of it, um, now you're moving into actually asking patients for referrals. Tell me more about that. Well, um, you know, identifying your belief, declare your intentions. So really know what you want. You know, who are you being when you're asking for this referral? Are you asking uh, your patients for referrals to strictly make more money? 
because that's really how it will sound. Or is your intention that you want to be able to have an opportunity to take the very best care of their family and friends? Your sincerity will be heard loud and clear. So, you know, you always want to declare your intentions and then um, taking action really starts with asking. And, and I know um, there's, all, there's all kinds of great scripts out there. And when Hygiene Mastery works with a team, you know, we sit down and look at what script would be best for them and which ones are the most comfortable. But there really is a very, very simple phrase that any practice could use. I, and I learned this phrase um, from Keith with Viva Cards. Kim, have you ever, do you know about Viva Cards? I do. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and, and as you know, they're a company that is extremely successful in helping dental offices with internal marketing programs. And, you know, he sat down with me once and we were talking about the different scripts that are used. And there's just, there's this very simple sentence and they teach, we would love to see patients just like you. Will you refer your family and friends to us so that we can take the very best care of them? And, you know, you, it doesn't take much to memorize that sentence. It's very simple. It's very comfortable. And so taking action requires you to start somewhere. So I always recommend the very minimum, put that sentence in place and just start saying it. And then as you start saying it, you'll make it your own and you'll uh, tweak it in a way that makes sense for your practice and, and the kinds of things that you want to say to your patients. But you got to start somewhere. So a great simple phrase is always a, a great place to start. I love that. Will you just repeat it one more time if people are taking their notes? Absolutely. So um, a great time to say this phrase is anytime a patient gives you a compliment, because if they're complimenting you, that means they love you. So you can tell them, you know, thank you so much for that compliment. And the greatest gift that you can offer is to refer a family and friend to us. Or another great phrase is, we would love to see patients just like you. Will you refer your family and friends to us so that we can take the very best care of them? Absolutely. Great. And I know a lot of practices use an actual a card, like a referral card or a care to share card. How, would you recommend that? Absolutely. Because then you can actually honor them and thank them. Uh, there's many different ways that that can be set up. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I love uh, Viva cards is because they're very, they're very eye catching. They're very high end. They look like the kind of gift that you would want to offer somebody and they, they customize them for your practice. But even something as simple as a, um, we have cards made like, they look like wellness tokens or, um, gift cards, anything that allows you to honor the person who, who wants to refer to you. So a way to say thank you to them. And then something that you can give to that person to give to their family and friends. Something visual, something that they can actually hand over and say, hey, go check these people out. And by the way, when you go there, you'll get this or, or a gift will be given to you. Right. And I think also those cards can, they're a reminder, they're kind of like a prop to give to the patient, but it's also a reminder. They might stick that in their purse or their bag and pull it out a couple days later and give it to their loved one or their friend at work. Um, mm -hmm. And it can work really well. Terrific. Yes. And tell me, what do you have a strategy that you try and implement in the hygiene department as far as, is it every patient? Is it, do people uh, look at the schedule ahead of time and identify patients they want to ask for referrals? How do you recommend? Absolutely. All the above. Um, I, and the thing is, it goes back to starting somewhere. So in the beginning, I absolutely do recommend that they, because if I tell them, say this to every single patient, they might say it to two of them in the beginning. So we start with, um, in the morning huddles, as you know, how valuable a morning huddle can be and designing your day versus at the end of the day, looking back and saying, wow, how'd that happen to us? So <laughs> I love morning huddles, by the way, we could have a whole series on morning huddles. Mm -hmm. So, um, absolutely. That's a great place to start. Now, once you become a master at this, 
It becomes how you operate. But having those morning huddles and identifying of the patients we have on the schedule today, who would, who would be great candidates to ask for a referral and who are we safe to, to ask from? So it's having that safety, you know, when you're, when you start something new, it can be a little uncomfortable. So it's always great to find those patients who we already know love us and who are willing to support us and in what we're doing. Uh, so that's a great way. Another way uh, or the, another first step I recommend is anytime somebody gives you a compliment, uh, that's easy, easy conversation to have. Uh, it, it doesn't, um, it's not as uncomfortable as, as trying to be the one to spark it. So those are the two probably, uh, most successful or easiest strategies to put in place when you first start. Absolutely. And it sounds like once you, you know, it's kind of like they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. So you start, (laughs) you know, you start small and then it grows. And like you said, it becomes part of just who you are and who you're being all the time. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. So we started off with taking a look at our belief systems and seeing where do we have possibly some limiting beliefs around asking for referrals. So maybe getting some coaching there and then really implementing the referral program or they're asking for the referrals. And then what, what are some other things, Shannon, that you would recommend as far as hygiene teams doing as far as implementing a great internal marketing program? Well, the final um, strategy that I would recommend and there are many, many more, but obviously we don't have, um, you know, one hour. This could be a, a, an entire all-day workshop. But another one that I recommend is truly staying focused on opportunity and possibility. In our typical uh, business-as-usual day of hygiene, we can get very focused on all the other things that have to happen in, the, in those hours. And so, especially in the beginning, you've got to make a commitment to stay focused when those opportunities and possibilities come up. I can remember once, um, because, and it doesn't happen all the time, but if you're looking, you know, that the whole concept of what you focus on is what you get or what you look for is what you find. So if you take this on like a no kidding conversation, I'm going to be looking for those small conversations that come up or those little windows that open that gives me an opportunity to talk about referrals, um, and being committed to tapping into those, I can remember once a patient, and this was very early on when I was just getting started really taking on internal marketing and and partnering with my doctor to grow his practice. I had a patient in the chair and actually her name was Cindy. I I mean, I can remember to this day, the whole conversation. And she was um, sharing with me that her mother-in-law, her husband and her were moving her mother-in-law from the Northeast to Colorado. And all the changes that this was going to, you know, require on their family and helping the mother-in-law get settled. They were actually moving her into their home and they were going to be helping take care of her. And so she was going through this story of all the things that she had to think about, um, finding a support team, finding the place in the house that was going to be most appropriate, downstairs, upstairs, furniture. They were even going to be doing some remodeling to make, you know, bathrooms more accessible. And um, so she's sharing this with me. And I, you know, I looked over at her and I said, you're definitely without a doubt going to have a lot on your plate. However, I said, I know that you love us, right? You've been coming here for years and you've always allowed us to take the very best care of you. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, I love your office. I love coming here. And I said, well, with all the things that you have to worry about, after you get your mother-in-law settled, you absolutely know that that your mother-in-law has a dental home. And when you get her here, I want you to call me personally. I will help get her scheduled. And the last thing that you have to worry about is who is going to help take the very best care of her mouth and her oral health care. 
And, you know, it was this, it actually, I think it, it planted the seed for sure. And that, and her mother-in-law did become our patient and it did, it was like, she was thinking of all these things that she had to do. And you did see her just kind of relax a moment. Like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. There's one less thing on my <laughs> checkoff list. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's just, that's such a great story. And what it shows is, first of all, who you are as a human being. And also it shows that when you are truly present with your patient and really listening to what's going on for them, it opens up all the possibility, like you just said. So she may have even referred more friends and family just because of that interaction. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, without a doubt, know that that family was, um, was a very, um, effect, uh, active referring, um, source. And, you know, talking about that as well, we're we're talking about getting the referral and spending so much time, how to be, you know, in many ways persuasive and, um, enrolling patients into wanting to refer us. We also don't want to miss the opportunity to honor those patients. So as much energy as we put into asking referrals and, and going through the strategies to make that happen, it's very, very beneficial for your team to spend equal effort into thanking those people who refer to you. And Absolutely. so, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's huge. And so having a system in place in the dental office that allows you to track and monitor how patients are coming into your practice. You know, one of the things that we recommend during our new patient experience is to always ask the question that has you understand how those patients are finding you. And, you know, I hear, I hear many, um, Practice management companies say things like, well, ask, be, don't, don't ever get off the, the phone with a patient or a new patient experience without asking them, how did you, how did you find out about us? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm actually going to tweak that slightly. Uh, Fortune Management taught me something years ago. I, I heard an amazing speaker, uh, I don't know, um, Renee Schubert, she was in front of the room and she took that sentence and changed just a few words and, and literally made it mean something entirely different. So I want to share that because we still use that in our practice. And it, it sounds so simple, but most practices don't think of these little small changes. Rather than asking new patients, how did you find out about us? Mm-hmm. I love asking them, who may we thank for referring you? Yes. And the impact and the difference, and people don't think, you know, it's, this is, some of this is subliminal, some of it's small, but it does play a role. And what I've learned is it tells the patient a couple of things. Mm-hmm. First of all, that new patient that's calling, they don't know us yet. They don't know how great we are and they don't, they don't know that patients would be referring. So by us asking in that way, it tells the patient that, wow, patients refer to you. You just assume that somebody referred me to you. You have so many people that love, love your practice that that's just how you assume that I found out about you. And then second of all, we're also already telling that patient that people who refer to us, we take time to thank them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I'm here. We are, we, we barely know this patient and we're already training them to love us and refer to us and expect (laughs) a gift. That's right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And and because the other sentence really says, I want to know how you found out about us so that I can figure out where I need to spend more marketing dollars. Sure. sure. (laughs) Exactly. And the other thing is if, if they did get referred by their friend or their coworker or family member, then they can feel good that that person's going to be thanked. So that's terrific. Yes. The other 
reason why I love that question is because now with the the internet being such a dominant force in marketing, most people, wherever they've heard about the practice, are going to the practice website. So they may be on the phone and they may say something like, well, I'm on your website. I, I found you on the internet. However, they may have first found out about the practice via their friend. And so it's trying to peel away that onion, layers of that onion, and find out where was the original source you found out about our practice? Because again, the internet, lots of people are going to Google you or go on your Facebook page or whatever it might be. So I just love that. Mm -hmm. I love that question. And uh, so there's lots and lots of things that practices and hygiene teams can do as far as internal marketing. We've talked about belief systems, asking for referrals, totally being in possibility and being present with that person. And then, of course, who made me thank for the referral, um, asking that key question. What are some of the things that you like to do to, to thank uh, patients for referring? Well, I think that for, I think that you create different levels or tiers. So first of all, I think every single person that refer to you refers to you needs to get a thank you in some way. And it can be small. It doesn't have to be huge, but everybody gets something, whether it's, you know, I love, I love going to <laughs> the person behind me in the line doesn't love it, but I love to go to Starbucks and walk up and say, Yes, I would like to order two hundred five dollar gift cards. And <laughs> right. if anybody, if anybody that's listening has ever done this, as you will know, they don't have these all preloaded in the back where they walk out and give you a nice little box. They actually have to take each one and load it right there. Right. So you always, you never want to do this during peak coffee uh, drinking times because you'll have a lot of frustrated um, customers behind you as it's you know taking them all this time to load your cards. And you know those are just something very simple that you can give out or mail to them. Um, what we do is we track all of our patients, um, who refer and we have a budget. We sit down and look at our budget and we identify, okay, so everybody at the very least is going to get X, Y, and Z. And it may be something very simple. It may be a $5 gift card. Um, and then from there we look at, okay, who is our, what's our next tier? Um, all the way up to our, our, our highest referring patient, the person who refers us the most. So, um, we, you can look at this bi-monthly, you can look at it quarterly, and then, of course, at the end of the year in our office, we do a big gift. Um, I can remember once, and this was so much fun. Now, we started this in the beginning of the year. So as patients are coming back each time, they're seeing it over and over. And um, we created an area of our practice. Our Well, let me back up. Our doctors um, had a lot of travel points on their credit card. Okay. So we had all these points that we could get airfare and hotel accommodations. And so what we did was we created an area of our practice where we said we were going to send our top referring patients to, um, on a trip and we sent them to the beach in Florida and we, wow. we designed, we had this whole area, we had a beach ball, a, a, you know, a, a sand pail, flip flops, all this stuff, you know, this great visual. And, you know, can you see yourself at the beach enjoying your weekend with your family? And I cannot tell you how many great refer, how many times feel left there. And then patients were actually on Facebook competing with each other. It was so funny. They were getting on and talking about how we're going to win the trip. And then another patient would chime in, oh, no, I'm going to win the trip. And, <laughs> and it, it got so many people involved and they had so much fun with it. And then we did have our family that won. We sent them and we had them send us um, pictures from mm -hmm. their trip. And, of course, we Facebooked those pictures. And it just created such a community community of fun. 
And, um, and you know what? They deserved it. We wanted to reward them. We wanted to honor them and thank them for their commitment to our practice and helping us be better as well. Because there's also that when you ask people to refer your family and friends, you want to do very well for them. Sure. So it also yeah. forces you to elevate who you are and who you're going to be for when those patients come in. I love it. Well, that's that's really the purple cow. Seth Godin talks about the purple cow being really different. So giving away a trip to Florida, especially when you live in Colorado at the end of the year, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty awesome thing. And what that practice that you worked in really did then was create a buzz, um, but it also... You, the doctors and the team really understood, which we haven't really talked about today, but really understood that the patients who refer their their family and friends, those new patients become terrific patients, right? Because they're already pre-framed of what they're going to expect in the practice rather than a drive-by or a somebody who sees an advertisement somewhere um, or just finds you for, on the internet. Those people can be great patients, and they certainly are. However, the patients that refer or that are referred to your practice tend to be the ones that that are more loyal, right? Would you say? Oh, that's true. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, dollar for dollar, uh, most practices have figured out that the best patients, the, the best place to invest your marketing dollars is definitely in internal marketing mm-hmm. because you're going to get the highest quality, most valuable, uh, most loyal patients from that versus you have to try to establish and you definitely establish relationships with your external marketing um, dollars, but it does require more work. And the thing is, is that when you have great referring patients, they, it's that whole concept, you know, birds of a feather flock together, show me your friends, show me your future concept. Your great referring patients, you want more patients like them. And they, that tends to be who they run with. So uh, you're replicating your very best patients in your practice through internal marketing. Exactly. I love that. Great. Well, that's so fun. What, I wonder what they're doing this year <laughs> to give away for the <laughs> you highest know, referrer. Just a, another little fun, um, uh, uh, something I saw a practice do. This wasn't our practice, but another practice around this practice has a lot of team members that are into football. So if you're into football, this is something that you would appreciate. They, uh, it was about three months leading up to the um, Super Bowl. So, you know, all of these things, it's not something you want to just do one day. It requires, you have to have, it has to be a visual for a while so that you can hit as many patients um, as you can. Mm -hmm. So months leading up to the Super Bowl, they bought this big flat screen TV, put this huge bow around it. And then they had these fun, like tubs of popcorn and Doritos. And and of course they had cans of soda, even though we don't really want our patients drinking soda, (laughs) but they created this whole atmosphere or image of what a great... Super Bowl party is going to look like. And they had a sign saying, you know, enjoy your Super Bowl party with your new flat screen TV. Um, enter in a drawing. They basically did a drawing. Every time that you referred a patient, your name got entered, entered in a drawing. And then the weekend before Super Bowl, they drew um, who won. Wow. And um, so that created a lot of buzz and a lot of fun. And, and then, you know, another thing that does, patients are going to come to you because they connect to you and there's something more there than just dentistry. Yes. If dentistry was enough, if getting a cleaning was enough, then we would have a line of patients out the back door all lining up because the only thing that's most important to them is that cleaning. And so when you can do things that have patients connect with you around things that are important to them as well, I mean, with that example with the Super Bowl, the people who were into sports, the people who found value in sports, 
it gave them something else to connect to that practice yes. and, and it created a buzz. And then, and then now, now the team members are talking about who their favorite teams are and relationships form. Correct. And it's so much more fun to do this kind of work when you're doing this kind of work with people who, who you share relationships with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's sort of the life is not fair concept, you know, people don't know how great your clinical skills are. They need to connect with you on a human level. And um, we want you to have great clinical skills, right? But uh, it's also about that connection. And that's why people stay, right? It absolutely is. If you look at your thriving practices, your practices who go on and thrive when other practices are closing doors on the same block Mm. or even in the same um, building, the distinction or the difference is if we measured their clinical skills all the way down to exactly how that skills performed and that was equal, the ones who are succeeding are the ones who are investing time in relationships. Right. Right. Exactly. I love it. Well, that's always what we at Fortune Management are focusing on, the relationships. So that's so congruent. Thank you. So We've talked a lot about internal marketing. I, I want to get your thoughts, Shannon, on because you're out there all across the country um, observing practices and coaching practices. What do you see as the biggest challenge that's facing dentists in private practice today? Hmm. I think that there's probably two big ones. Um, obviously, insurance and uh, you know the in-network situation is a, a big factor. So, you know, it's, it's more important than ever that you are building such a level of value around the services that you render that patients would be willing to come and see you if you're not in network. Right. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So that's a big one. Value building is a must today. And it's not just building value so that you can be better than the practice down the road. In fact, I mean, in hygiene mastery, we come from such abundance that, that's not your competition. You have to be able to build a value over everything else that patients are getting inundated with. You know, uh, the, the commercials, the best buys, the targets, the clothes, the nail salons, the tanning beds, the hair <laughs> products, you know, those, that's the stuff that we're competing against. And, um, we have to be, we have to be willing to build value at the level that our competitors build value around their products. Yes. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Another one is, um, you know, and this may sound small, but I hear practices reach out to me all the time. They talk about how their hygiene schedule, if you look six months out, is full. You know, the, the schedule appears full. And then a few days before, it j- they, they use these terms, it just falls apart. And I don't care if somebody calls me from the East Coast or the West Coast or the Midwest, they use that same term. It just falls apart. It just falls apart. And so... You know, I think there was a day that that consultants um, could come in and we could look like heroes simply by telling practices, why don't you start pre-appointing this whole, you know, this concept of pre-appointing. If you pre-appoint, then uh, you won't have to go try to find all your patients later down the road. And that does work at at, to a point. And pre-appointing is great. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference today is now that pretty much everybody is pre-appointing. I mean, I I don't, I haven't come across a practice in a very long time that wasn't participating in pre-appointing. I think the difference is, are we pre-appointing as business as usual? You know, and that sounds Uh something like, you know, Kim, I'm just going to go ahead and set up your next cleaning appointment in six months. Do you want to take care of Wednesday? Taking that to 
pre-appointing with value Mm. and really establishing when I'm having that pre-appoint conversation with you, what am I talking about? What kind of things am I giving you? What am I saying to you that has you say, I will show up in six months. I will keep that appointment because it's so important. So that's another really big um, factor or uh, missing element that I'm seeing out there. So really building the value for that hygiene appointment. And then are you see, how are you seeing things shift as far as confirming those appointments? Oh, same thing. Value in the confirmation process. And, um, you know, one of the mistakes I'm seeing practice uh, make is there's so many ways to confirm patient appointments. And I see practices find a way and they love that way and they stick to only that way. And then you're only targeting part of your population. So I think key is there's so many great things that we can do in confirming appointments. We want to tap into all of them so that we're, so that we're targeting all of our patients and communicating in the way that our patients like to communicate. Absolutely. So it's not a cookie cutter approach where everyone gets an email or a text or a phone call. I think people like all, all three in different, in different ways. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we ask them, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking our patients and recognizing that there are going to be populations within your practice. They still love that old fashioned, you know, postcard, or they still love that that, that personalized phone call. And then there's going to be patients in your practice that they don't want to hear from you on their phone. Don't you dare try to call them. Just send them a text. That's yeah. the only way they're going to communicate with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I know for myself, I'm a pretty busy person. I've said this before and I, I'm, and I'm a relationship person 100%. However, I just love getting that text message or that email where I can just say, yes, I'll be there, you know, <laughs> rather than having to take some time to call back. I'd rather connect with them in person, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing those things too. Really building value. It sounds well. Value really is the res, the result of both of the challenges you brought up: the insurance or being either in network or out of network, and then really placing more such value on that hygiene appointment. And I know the hygiene department is the lifeblood of the practice, and so if the hygiene department's doing well, the rest of the practice will too. You're absolutely right. And the great news about this conversation, because I know we're only hitting on it, oh, slightly. I mean, it, once again, building value for hygiene appointments could be a, a two-day, all-day workshop. The great news is I believe we're going to be doing a series on this through the podcast as well. So, you know, all of our listeners want to stay tuned and be watching for when that podcast comes available. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for, for bringing that up. We're going to be focusing on, yes, building value for the hygiene appointment and what the hygiene team can do there. We're also going to be talking about in future podcasts, the co-discovery and case acceptance systems in the hygiene department. So the, the doctor can feel great about um, that the, a lot of the treatments being enrolled in that hygiene appointment and he or she can come in and sort of seal the deal. And then we also want to talk about transformational vocabulary in the hygiene department in future episodes. So lots of great stuff with Shannon. Thank you. Yes. Terrific. So kind of wanted to shift gears and and I always like to ask our guests a little bit about them personally and how you've sort of grown in your own personal and professional career. What's a book or a resource that has had a real big impact on your career, Shannon? Well, let's see. There's so many of them. (laughs) That is a hard question, especially when you... um, when you practice Kanai, constant never-ending improvement, which we encourage our teams to do, you know, there is a very simple book to read and, and probably many of our listeners have read it, but it never hurts to go back and revisit it. You've probably heard it, heard of it, Kim. It's pretty popular. It's called Fish. 
Oh, sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it's been around a while, so it's not like this whole, oh, I just uncovered a new book that I got to tell everybody about. But <laughs> the beauty, well, the beauty of fish, it's very easy to read. It's very quick and you can go back to it at any point. It's one of those books that you just keep on your bookshelf and revisit. And you know, one of the reasons why I love it as a hygienist and in the, the dental profession is, I mean, come on, we can all, for all of those, that, those, those people who are listening, dentistry can become business as usual, mm, you know, and sure. I think most professions can do that to you, but, um, you know, we, we get bombarded with a lot of rejection. We get, you know, we can very easily go into business as usual and we can very easily spiral into, you know, oh, another patient telling us no, another patient canceling their appointment, another patient who doesn't find a value in what I'm saying, or another patient that doesn't care about their teeth as much as I do. It's sometimes easy to get into that mindset. And what I love about fish is it can snap you out of it so fast because I mean, being in dentistry is such a rewarding and amazing profession. And, you know, when you read fish, you think, okay, if these people who are messing with stinky, dead, (laughs) slimy, you know, um, fish heads with eyeballs that are looking at you, if they can find that so rewarding and have so much fun with it, then certainly I can do that as a hygienist. (laughs) And, you know, at least I'm connecting and dealing with live people every day who, you know, we have laughs and we have smiles and, and there's just, um, you know, those relationships are so valuable and, and so much fun. So I, I think that I, that book has really, um, it, it, when I, the very first time I read it, it transformed how I showed up every day. Ah, I love it. And so for, <laughs> I love it, the, the dead fish heads. For those of you who don't know what Shannon is speaking of, there's a, a book and a video called Fish. And it's really, it focuses on the Seattle fish market and the, the guys that are at the uh, fish market that's doing very, very well. And they're selling fish, yet they're having fun and bringing the customer into it. And there's kind of four different um, points to it, you know, being present, having fun with people, choosing your attitude. So like Shannon says, if you, if you can sell a lot of fish doing that, think of what you can do in a dental practice, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I love the choose your attitude because we really get to choose how we're going to show up every day. Mm -hmm. We do. We do get to be in choice on that. There's, there's many things in our life that we don't have choice on. And, and certainly there are areas that we don't have certainty, but we do get to decide how we're going to show up. We get to decide how we're going to, the kind of attitude that we're going to have and, and how we're going to be present that day with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Any other professional advice you've received that you want to share with our listeners? Um, let's see a couple other uh, um, quotes or sayings that have resonated with me. Um, I love uh, John Maxwell. I love the, I love what he says when he says people, people do not care um, how much you know about how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, And I just think that's, um, that just resonates very deep within me, not only in my relationships on a personal note, but my relationships with my patients, my relationships with the hygienists that I coach and team members, um, and the relationships within hygiene mastery between myself and my coaches. So, uh, I always look at that and that's what I want to be out there. When, 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 if there's something that somebody could say about me, I, I want them to first acknowledge how much I really do care, um, versus, you know, hopefully I know a lot and hopefully I can help, but at the same <laughs> time, I, want, I definitely want, um, the caring side to come out loud and clear. 
And then, um, another statement that was that, that I carry with me or that I remind myself every day. And I think that this resonates once again on a personal note with relationships in my personal life and then with my patients and, and the people that I work with in hygiene mastery. And that is, do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? Mm, very profound. Yes. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> yes. And you know, there are those moments. I mean, I can remember, you know, within my, within my company, within hygiene mastery, a situation happening. And I very much could have stomped my feet, crossed my arms and said, I am right here. Um, and that would have gotten me nowhere because I want to be in a relationship first. And then with my patients, I mean, how many times do we tell a patient, you know, in order to take the very best care of this tooth, the treatment of choice is going to be a crown and the patient's saying, no, I don't want a crown. No way, Jose, we can stomp our feet and we can make the patient wrong and, and be right. Mm-hmm. Or we can stop and be in a relationship with them. Yes. Yes. And long-term, that's what's going to what's going to have them do the crown or or stay loyal to your practice. I think that's great. I see that a lot too in my coaching. And I think when people can really get that um, and stop, lower their need to be right and their focus on what's best for the practice and what's best for the patient, not that their opinion doesn't matter, but just um, focusing on what's best for the practice, the sky is the limit. And I will tell you from a personal experience, from somebody who can be very opinionated, (laughs) Your opinion will matter so much more if you come from and practice, do you want to be right or be in a relationship? Because when you're in those relationships first, then people are willing to listen to your opinions and value your opinions. Exactly. Absolutely. I love that. Wonderful. Well, Shannon, you've given us amazing tips. And, uh, and of course, on the show notes, we'll have all of the uh, different tips that Shannon has shared with our listeners today. Tell us a little bit about how, our, uh, how we can learn more about you, Shannon, and Hygiene Mastery. Well, just like you, we want to teach you how to connect with all of your patients and the different patient populations. Uh, You can find us many ways. Uh, First of all, you absolutely can call me directly uh, on my um, direct line, which is 254-289-5321. That'll come directly to my uh, inbox. Um, You can also reach me at shannon at hygienemastery.com. You can find us on our website, which is www.hygienemastery.com hygienemastery.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, which you Facebook Hygiene Mastery, and we'll be right there. Um, you can, um, you can Google us. We're all over We're all over the, we're all over the internet. You can find our YouTube channel. That's right. Exactly. And so if a practice were interested in working with you, what might be the steps that you would, that you would take? Well, for all of our listeners today, we are offering a complimentary department analysis Um, which is a $2,500 value. And and we do, it it is, you know, we all have storefronts and we actually have practices throughout the country that, that pay us to come in and do nothing, but can you look at our hygiene department and help us identify opportunities that are being missed? Um, However, we want to give that to each of our, our listeners today as a gift. All you have to do is reach out to us and mention this podcast and um, fortune management is, um, ever so grateful they're sponsoring that for all of our listeners. So we want to thank Fortune Management for doing that. And um, what will happen is a hygiene mastery coach will reach out to the practice and we will do a comprehensive, thorough analysis of the hygiene department. And this is not an analysis to say, you know, what you need to fix. 
Um, in fact, we're not in the business to do cosmetic surgery on hygiene apartments. <laughs> what, what we will do is we'll look at the strengths and tell you areas that you want to continue to um, foster. And then we'll help you identify some opportunities that, that are being overlooked or some areas that may be holding you back. Wonderful. Terrific. And I know you have an amazing team of coaches across the country to help you with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any, any hygiene mastery coach you get um, will do an amazing job. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for your time. And we look forward to future podcasts in our series of peak performing hygiene teams. Thank you, Kim. It was so great connecting with you today and have an amazing weekend. Absolutely. You too. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com. 